Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Business Hangover with Nikki and Sarah. Where, why does business have to always be so serious? We take a light-hearted look at really serious topics that make you a better leader, better person and run your teams and organisations for the future. Hi listeners and welcome to the Business Hangover with Nikki and Sarah again. This is a kind of drab Melbourne day today and we are in lockdown number six. Yes, yes. lockdown number six. Uh, we are so good at lockdowns. <laughs> we are professional lockdowners, but we're all a bit tired of it, to be honest. Yeah, we've mastered the art, Yeah. Um, but we're not loving it. No. Not loving it's it. It's like I trained for a job I don't like. Yeah, you know what, I think... You've said it before, is that it's a bit like um, needing a divorce, but you can't divorce it because <laughs> you have no control. Yeah. You have no influence. No, you, you want out, but there's no way you can leave. Yeah. So in light of our uh, um, moody temperaments here in Melbourne and probably the rest of Australia, to be frank, and maybe the rest of the world, but they seem to be managing a little better, we're looking at the lens of your North Star which is how to find your internal compass in a lot of ways. And it's based on um, uh, an article that both Nikki and I read, unbeknowing to each other, from McKinsey and Company on the adaptability paradox. And that got us thinking a lot about what is being adaptable in this current climate and what it means as a human being, in our businesses, as a leader. So that's where we're headed today. Yeah, look, and I think, you know, Clearly, you've picked up through the podcast that we do think reasonably similarly. <laughs> but I think why this article really resonated with us is because we've been spending a lot of time, not only through lockdown, but with the clients and all the people we're having conversations with, is that people looked at COVID and said, okay, well, we've got to problem solve our way out of this. Mm. But there isn't an end point. We have to adapt. Like we all keep talking about what our new normal is. Well, our new normal is to be adaptive to three hours notice of a lockdown. Yes, as was yesterday. As was yesterday. <laughs> you know, we that's what our current worldwide environment mm. is pushing us. We've you have to be been... adaptable to being adaptable. It's it's like layers exactly now, isn't it? That's exactly right. We're, yeah. But as, as human beings, we've always, if it be when you're playing a game of sport, mm. you're problem solving on how to get the next goal. Mm. If it be around business and you're problem solving to get a solution, it's actually more than problem solving. Mm. It really it's is. deeper that, now, it's isn't it? deeper. It's that ingrained ability to be adaptive, to be agile, mm-hmm. whilst I hate the word agile, it's more that you have that inherent balance of being a great problem solver mm-hmm. but being adaptive when you're outside of your control. And, of course, you know, what we are loving is this leads into our very exciting venture which um, we've been working on. But but let, let's just unpack this article a yeah, little bit, right the on. adaptability paradox. So the theme is really with hybrid workplace arrangements that we're in at the moment, we're continuing to have to adapt and restructure and change at an incredibly unstructured pace. Like like yesterday's three-hour turnover, you know, in my business to shut everything down, go online and advise everyone. And, And we're talking about hundreds of 
clients that they can't come on site again. So it's it's a, a real fast pace now. Yeah. There's no warning. We're on, we're in, and then there's no end date. We have an undefined time frame that, as Nikki and I were bitching about, <laughs> it's never really the time frame. Yeah. It seems like a, you know, a guideline of a time frame. It's like that carrot that, mm. you know, just as you get close, mm. it takes two steps back. Yeah. And what it does, and I think the essence of why today it just felt, you know, we looked at lots of mm. options for today, but mm. today felt right to talk about this because the most important element of being adaptive and in that paradox is that there are so many things outside your control. Mm. And that's, and look, to be frank, it's not going to change. And even if it does slow down, how we work and how we live has changed forever now 100% so it is about what is your adaptable lens um, and how do you find your true north your compass how do you reset it so that you can keep moving forward so adaptability Nikki I found out is called a meta skill mainly because I think it's being amped up now and it's got a bigger focus so it's how we learn apply knowledge it's actually one of the pieces of the jigsaw to happiness which is a slight little plug on my old book and it falls within what I call the openness to experience characteristic which is the happy feeder. So it's one of the components which allows us to seek the new and the novel and not Mm -hmm. fear it. And that helps us orient towards the future as well as manage what's currently happening. And I think that's really important because the biggest thing that holds back happiness, that holds back success, and also the best within us all is the fear of the judgment, the the getting it wrong. Well, Mm. you know, I think... The biggest thing that adaptability and why this is so critical is because there is no wrong. It's the give it a go. Yeah, it is that. We've we've got to get past that. So the paradox part of it, which is what really I thought this article highlighted really well and really clearly, and so no inventing the wheel here, was that the, the actual paradox is that the very situation that stimulates our need to adapt it also stimulates our fear of change. And that is the paradox because we have to learn to embrace the change while acknowledging the fear that wants us to stop the change. That's right. So it's really like, it's like a magnet trying to pull apart Mm. but wanting to stay together Mm, at the same time because (laughs) it, it is unnatural because to be looking at ways that we can leverage the next step mm. when fear is going oh but do we really have to mm. can I have it back the way it was That's if I don't correct. do anything will it just go away and I think you know if you're a visual person like I am is you know to me that magnet I think is really a good way of thinking about it every time that you think okay here comes that change again mm. um It's about how can I pull them apart but keep them together at the same Mm. time. It's nearly for me looking, you know, sometimes when you get magnets and uh, they push against each other, you have that Mm. unseen energy where you can't put them together. And for me, that's the adaptability mindset. It's trying to work out is there a way that we can get rid of that that fighting space between needing to change and the fear that I want it to stay the same. Yeah, 100%. Mm. And I think that's a really good analogy because Mm. it's about how can I break the natural energy? So our mindsets is the difference. Mm. And, you know, we're big on mindset coaching. And that's between going um, under with this constant unexpected change 
and the mindset to be adaptable. And there's there's a thing that we do and we become either a victim to the change yep. or we try and control it. Either way, what we're not doing is growing that deeper awareness of processing the change yeah. and understanding the fear that is directing the show a little bit. And it's probably also really finding your own levers within your level of self-awareness to be able to say, okay, change naturally is uncomfortable, mm. but what's keeping those magnets together? What's, mm. what's that embedded element yeah. that's saying... The fear is so great, I can't move forward. Yeah. And I look, I, I love that too, because part of understanding what adaptability is to compare it to resilience, mm. you know, the buzzword like agility. And how I phrase it is resilience and adaptability are friends, but they are not lovers. Yeah. So they are similar and they get on well, but they are not coupling. <laughs> Correct. They haven't formed a they relationship. They haven't formed a deep, intense relationship. No, that's correct. Because resilience really, when we break it down, is, is how we react, how we respond to an event, mm. how resilient we are to moving um, past a certain event, whereas adaptability is how we thrive beyond the event so that learning creates our new future. Yeah, and it's really about transforming un uncertainty, mm. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think that was one of the really strong things I took out of this article is mm. that it is about the transformation that you have with that relationship of uncertainty. Yeah. You know what? It's coming anyway. Yeah. It's here. The myth that we were never going to have to face multiple changes um, has certainly been blown out of the water. We now understand we actually really do live in a world of chaos without a doubt. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think it, you know, it's a bit like when, for me, I think about in coaching scenarios, it's so often, you know, people talk about, I want to be a CEO when I grow up. Mm. Yeah, well, what does that really mean? You've got to think about that no one starts at their end point. Yeah. Everyone starts in some way, if it be a subject matter expert or having a greater sense of fear around change. Mm. But fundamentally, as I said at the very start, we've always addressed it as more, well, CEOs are just really great uh, problem solvers, mm. great conductors of what's going on around them. But are they really? Mm. Are they more that they've accepted that the relationship with uncertainty that they need to have? Yeah. There's, um, uh, again, you know, reading research as I have to do, um, you know, I think we mentioned it earlier that 40, 45, 42 to 45% of CEOs make their decisions on instinct. Mm -hmm. And so that, that queries, you know, are they bounce forward or the bounce back type? You know, how much do they understand about their insight and yeah. where they come from in those decision makers when they're conducting the audience of the business or the organisation? What song is in their head compared to what everyone else is playing? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important because adaptability requires you to be vulnerable, but mm. it requires you to to listen with enthusiasm mm. because we do think of ourselves as, yes, as a leader, I'm highly adaptive, I'm intuitive, mm. I'm emotionally astute, but to what's, to whose radar? Yeah. To your own yeah. or to your audience? Yeah, absolutely. So there were a couple of key factors. Yeah. 
Um, one I picked up was the the motivation to change. So in order to be adaptable, we have to find a reason to change. In COVID, we've been told to change. That's Mm -hmm. motivation in itself. But often finding why it's important for me to do this will help you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Self-awareness, the big thing, definitely. The, The true insight on how it can benefit you and others is also a great way to accept and adapt to, the, to what's coming towards you. And leadership design, so modelling from those that you respect how to manage change. You've got some really great stuff about an experience you had. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, remember that I had a C-suiter that had got that new role. They were an amazing um, subject matter expert on, you know, sales, on, on product, on analytics, mm. and they were fantastic, except their focus had always been as being that problem solver. So when they were confronted with the need to try and teach someone, their natural instinct as a very operationally astute person was to just get in and do it themselves. And people will learn from watching. But what I did was then say, okay, that's great. But all it means is you're going to work 150 hours a week because <laughs> you're going to do everything. Mm-hmm. And the transition from being the doer to going to that next level, to going to be that C-sweeter is your ability to sit back and actually talk more around shifting to adaptability because they were they were that literal person. So I had to teach them around that you've got to be a tactical thinker. So how can you be literal? Maybe show and allow. Show and allow, you know, not the show and tell mm. because that's what you do when you're very operational. But when you're tactical mm. and when you're adaptive as a tactical operator is that you allow people to give it a go. Mm. You know, you actually think about more multidimensional. Mm. You think about it more around, you know, the how's it making them feel? How are they experiencing it? But more importantly, how have you actually transferred anything? And that, to me, was when that penny dropped for the individual. It's like I ran a training program um, because human behaviour, wow, that was just tricky, but this, this guy was a great salesman. So when I flipped it and said that people management and leadership is no different to selling, because in selling, you have to be intuitive. You have to think about the impact of what you do. Absolutely. The best salespeople are great human readers of behaviour. That's correct. But only if they actually, the penny drops, that they're doing no different. They're just mm. doing it with teams. Mm. They're doing it with transferring that, how they're a great salesperson, because they could teach anyone how to sell. But that's the same as being able to engage, mm. to being adaptive, to being that multidimensional. And I think to me that's what adaptability really resonates is mm. that it's not it's not one-dimensional. Mm. It's that relationship with uncertainty, relationship with transferring knowledge, relationship with engagement. And that's truly what adaptability is. So if I was writing a course outline tomorrow for adaptability, mm. it would be that I was creating curiosity. I was creating the ability for choice connection and ultimately transferring control to Mm. my audience we do it to customers 
Yes. You yes. know, we discover, we get curious about what they want and we transfer control back to them to decide if they buy it or not. Mm. Why don't we do that with our with our people as well? It's, uh, look, absolutely. And, you know, those three Cs, I think, you know, are cornerstones for uh, development generally. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm thinking as you're talking that, that that is also an internal, obviously, you know, from my line of work, is about, you know, how do we apply those on a personal responsibility level and mm-hmm. an internal level? And I'm thinking of, uh, you know, somebody that I've been coaching who is just out of the box. They are jumping up in their insight and intuition and awareness and emotional intelligence at such a rapid rate because all we've done is, is that we have done the clarity, yep. we've done the connections, and I've given her control to be something else, you know, to, to draw on uh, a different level of adaptability. And she has to adapt or die in this situation yep. as in terms of her career. And, like, once you've opened that door and shown them the spotlight, once you've found out how that magnet needs to connect, mm. it's incredible how people just go, oh, I never saw that, and then they run. And I think it's really, I think that's a really good example of the mm-hmm. fact that if we stopped using the word chain and instead started really focusing on is that inherently within our mind, our body and our soul, mm-hmm. we've got it. Mm-hmm. But we're just create, creating a level of a different dimensional mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. of how we how we act, how we respond, mm. how we gain insight in situations. Yeah. Because change by its very nature implies a level of fear. So if we really want to move away from change being a fear generator, adaptability is is more about multidimensional. I like that because change is kind of a before and after concept, isn't and it's it? It's got a negative yeah, connotation yeah. attached to it. There's loss in it. Oh my god, yeah. I'm gonna lose. <laughs> Yeah, we do. We we see if change comes with loss. Like I change from adolescence to adulthood, I've lost my adolescence. Yeah. You know, there, there is all those markers where change, not that it does, so much change is highly positive, but we see it in terms of what am I giving up rather than what am I gaining. Yeah, it's Ad- a psychological um, switch in our mind mm. that automatically, so when a lockdown occurs, we go, oh, my God, I can't go to that meeting tomorrow, I can't mm. have coffee, or I oh, I'm going to have to homeschool my kids. Mm. Whatever it may be, it implies that I've lost something. Yeah, a takeaway, a negative takeaway. That's correct. So what about we just learn that it's not actually change, it's multidimensional mm. adaptability. Yeah, and that's where that lovely concept of um, meta skills comes in. 100%. To, to be a true adaptable person, you have to unpack what it is, what adaptability mm-hmm. is for you, learn this skill base mm-hmm. to amp it up and then put it back together so that you can move through change without this fear, loss, fear, loss transition that seems to keep going on and well, on. It's a bit of a roller coaster, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a bit like that example of teaching the great salesperson that people leadership is no different yeah. than being a salesperson. Or in my case, teaching somebody who is um, an expert in their line of work that they are, can also be an expert at a boardroom table. That's exactly uh, it's, right. It's just the transition, the adaption 
of themselves, really. They've got the skills there. They know that. Well, they're tactical. Let's yeah. move to strategic yeah. is when we look outside ourselves, but mm. we can only look outselves when mm. we become aware yeah. of our self-awareness. So that's a, you know, leads to a segue, which I think is really important, is that why this topic resonated with us so much mm. is because we have been because we've had a little bit of, uh, you know, lockdown time to reflect, is buck the natural trend that we ourselves have experienced Mm. of the uncertainty of change in that we actually are, you know, we're going to be launching really soon our own AWARE program. Mm. And that is (laughs) about, woohoo, very excited, love a new thing, Um, is that AWARE is about how do I know me? You know, everyone talks about you've got to love yourself before you love others, which is lovely. And, you know, oh, that's I very feel goody. It is. And I'm going to give myself a hug. But at the <laughs> end of the day, it's actually saying, what are my, my trigger points of awareness that naturally spark what our world is now, which is the need to be adaptive? Mm. So I have to be curious. Yeah. I have to remove that roller coaster of fear. And look, the the thing I think that drove us as we sit and talk, you know, probably boring anyone who walks past the room at great length of all things people and business, is is the the dawning thing. And and twenty years in in psychology tells me over and over again, we are never as aware as we think we are. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's what that's what we went. Hang on, what? How can we spend so much time in self-development, in professional development, in therapy or in coaching and still be plateauing? Yeah. What is it that we're missing to teach and, and how complicated does it have to be? So, of course, we designed a, a brilliant program. But the other thing is, you know, all around the world, we're understanding what wellness truly means now. Yes. And it is a, an evergreen process. The concept that you do your work and I'm done, I'm the best version I am. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, the the almighty work-life balance paradigm that we're going to achieve. I've always been, and I, you know, I was recently said, you know what, it's not about work-life balance. Mm. It's actually just, work's just another part of our life. And I'm curious in my work, with my friends, with, the different meals I may cook occasionally, you know, everything because curiosity is actually at my core. So if I was looking at otherwise described as I may get bored easily, it's actually not that I get bored easily because I can stick at anything. You're a mind pod. I'm a mind pod and that's exactly (laughs) right because I'm curious. I don't want to stagnate. We're knowledge absorbers. That's correct. If you say something to us, you know, we want to know it, we want to unpack it, we want to understand it, we want yeah. to research it, then we absorb it and then we go on to the next. Yeah, and we also look at, because we're, we love the art of learning ourselves mm. that we want to transfer that to others, yeah. is that it's our ability to then say, exactly as you said before, mm. why do the human race believe that they've got self-awareness in the bag? You yeah, know? what is it that makes us think, A, that we are, because we do some work, we are fully self-aware of ourselves and our space in this world, but that it's done. Like, you know, yeah, slap your hands, 
tick that off the old list. That's correct. And I think it's because it's an evolution in mm. everything that we do. Mm. Just mm. like in our growth path of, you know, what we thought was cool when we were a teenager. Come on, those dreadlocks look fantastic on me. Yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't <laughs> then, they don't, they wouldn't now. No, they really didn't when I see photos. No, that's right. My fringe that was really just a spiky little tuft that really was not cool ever. Oh, um, is that No self-awareness know, there on either no of our No self-awareness. <laughs> is that a, it is an evolution, but it's about self-awareness more comes <clears throat> from what's the... What's the characteristic that I'm always looking for? Mm. And uh, definitely, I mean, I love the idea of the evolution of who I am. Yeah. You know, I, I otherwise how boring could you become to yourself? If you think this is my best version, oh, God, no. What if that was when I was 17? can guarantee you it wasn't. But, you know, if we start seeing our best version as um, a goal we achieve, that's my best version. Yeah. Then where is the growth, the learning and the insight from that point on? And also the interest. I was talking to um, a friend's parents the other day and, you know, she was uh, and, and the wife was talking about, oh, you know, we're in our 70s now, but he retired at 55 and I went, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do now <laughs> with him around the house? Because you don't want to feel that there's a potential to stagnate. So Learning might be taking up cross-stitch, but mm. learning for, for me is keeping my mind going. Mm. Yeah, we're on this constant journey of pushing ourselves to find out what we don't know. Yeah, that's right. And I think for for me, that's why we talked about this, this North Star mm. because North Star is about the pot of the rainbow. We know the pot's not there, yeah, but we don't give up on the pot at the end of the rainbow yeah. the northern the north star <clears throat> that really keeps giving me the energy the enthusiasm that with every knock with every you know change that I don't mm. fall over mm. I can have a spat we can all do that mm. but once we've stomped our feet what actually sets people apart to touch that north star or see it in the in the sky is because we don't stop. We stamp our feet and we find a new way. But that only comes from that aware. That's right. When I started my career, I I stumbled along a book and I think it was called Finding Your North Star. And the concept in that particular book was as we grow, uh, I think it called our moral self back then, I'm not sure, and our social self were, you know, partners. Mm -hmm. They were lovers. And then as we go into the social world, they have a breakup. Mm-hmm. And it depends how they resolve that breakup. Of course, this is my total interpretation. It wasn't put like this at all. But anyway, how they resolve the breakup is how how we grow and develop. So if it's acrimonious and they never speak to each other again, your social self diverts so far away from your true self that it's unrecognisable. And that in yeah. that gap, that, that path that you have diverted, um, is anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, everything else. Yeah. The closer that you remain friends, like you understand there's a social version of me and then there's the true version of me, but they can't be so far apart that they don't get along. Yeah, if 100%. We, yeah, if we can develop that awareness of all the facets of ourselves, and there are so many, I think we have over 60 yep. in our design, 
Um, if we can master all of those, then we get to that meta-awareness. Then we are at that place where we can share, we can insight, and then we can go, and what next? Absolutely. And I think, you know, it probably feeds really well into our distractions this way. Ah, yes. You know, our distractions this week. I'm going first. You go, girl. Because I had a little conniption last night. <laughs> you did indeed. <laughs> had a little conniption around our three-hour um, our three-hour notice on lockdown because I had the, you know, had my energy, I had my enthusiasm. We were pumped yesterday. And we were pumped, ready to go, you know, this this new concept, our Ooh. new business model. It's rocking we're patting up. each other on the back. Yeah, we were doing <laughs> a little bit of, you know, self-admiration yesterday. And so we're on a high, ready to go, and then we get the announcement. So after I stomped my feet, mm-hmm. I swore possibly more than I should <laughs> when I have, you know, it was blue. Two, two adults <laughs> and a teenager in my household um, and my husband trying to pet me along going, you can't change it. Well, you know what? My logical self agrees. But my emotive self was like, you can stick it up your bum, really. I'm I'm, uh, I'm done with this. Dan, That's the nice version, by the way. That's the nice version. <laughs> Dan, you're not my friend. Because no, you it's broke another, up. it's we definitely <laughs> broke up because it's an that another sense of loss, that roller coaster of I'm giving up something. So I thought, you know what, I'm not gonna dig deep and write all this stuff and keep going. I'm actually just gonna stop and I'm gonna breathe and I'm going to just just ditch it for today and come back tomorrow. And that's what I've done. And after watching a little bit of trashy um, Netflix, I'm back Mm. because I just needed time to breathe. And that was part of, for me, my distraction was not losing my own curiosity and self-awareness to go, you don't have to be on all the time. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to take a loss. It's okay to take a hit. But at some point, go back to your natural state. Yeah. Down tools. Invest in the sad, angry, confused self for a little while. Make sure you're checking in, acknowledging. Absolutely. And then going, look, you can have a bit of time in the sun, but eventually you're going to have to go back into the playroom. That's correct. If You know, if it was sunny in Melbourne, it would have been me sitting out the back getting some vitamin D. But it never is sunny in Melbourne at the start of the year. So I ditched the vitamin D and sat on my comfy chair Played a little bit of solitaire. It's a super comfy chair, that super one too. Super comfy chair. I have chair envy. Absolutely. King Furniture, love your chair. Um, is that I sat back, played a bit of solitaire and just just breathe. So, look, are you feeling the energy drop there? Just zenning out there. Um, my distraction was was more hilariously distressing, actually, with my sister. My my sister's a great artist, and um, she has written and had some published work. But we've both we both like writing novels, so I've got about three, you know, humming away doing nothing in a cupboard. Um, but my brother's book launched, The Insanity of Ideas, and it is freaking great. 
awesome. Of course like, it is. Of course it is. So it's all got all the science. It's got his funny dry wit. It all makes sense. It's inspirational at the same time. It's really frightening where we're going with our ideas. Um, you know, it's a book for the ages. It's a smart freaking book. Then there's the books me and my sister write, which don't get published, um, which are dark, full of murder and gore. And, you know, you can imagine as a psychologist, every horrible thing ever experienced by someone is drawn into my, you know, cavernous, destroyed character type of books. Um, hers are even more confronting. And we're sitting there going, oh, you know, oh, so you can write a book and it doesn't have to be, a, you know, a... <laughs> A horrific travel into the darkest depths of the mind or people's behaviour. And so we both decided maybe we will never write again after reading my brother's bloody brainstorming bit of triviality. I can't stand it. You know what? We get so <laughs> caught up in our lived experience of just crap that's happened along yeah. the way and we write it in a book, we talk about it, we take it to our work, we keep it in our personal relationships. But you know what? Stuff happens. Mm. Um, and hence why we thought mm. keeping that lens of what that Northern Star is, right. you know what? Mm. Fed through everything we read this week, mm. everything we thought this week, mm. every time we got knocked down yeah. and every time, in Sarah's case, that she got jealous. <laughs> And I do. <laughs> I I do. She's got the comfiest chair. She's got she's got the cutest little office. And she's jealous of her brother. So you know what? I'm jealous of my my gorgeous brother who is so smart. You know what? Realizing I will never be able to think at at that level. Like he can't think like me. Yeah. Insightful because he calls me like a Jedi. You know, a, a mind mentalist. But man, did he land that book? It's just brilliant. Yeah, and, and I am jealous, and I will be jealous, and I'm going to to live in that jealousy of it because it also is a credit to his brilliance. Yeah, and I think you know what life's all about. We're always going to be jealous. There's always someone smarter, better, funnier than yeah. us. But you know what? It doesn't have to be a competition. That's right. The only competition is with yourself. My North Star is mine. He's got his, and my sister's got hers. And every now and then they clash. Yeah. Um, and it's always very funny when the three of us are on the phone. But um, you're right. The, the North Star is about find your compass, but your compass has many points to it. Yeah. And the more you kind of look down into that compass, mm -hmm. you can see why points are sending off in one direction when you really should be going in another. Yeah, and why sometimes... It's a bit brighter mm. and other days it's a bit dull. So how about I leave you with a little Buddha mantra? Give me the Buddha mantra. I'm going to give you the Buddha mantra. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert mind, there are few. Ah, oh, that um, was so good, wasn't it? Are you feeling that you, moment? Did you just... just Breathe like, out in that. I did. I breathed out. I breathe in. I breathe out. I breathe in. <laughs> profound. Very profound. So thanks, Sarah, and myself for another great week. Okay. Yep. We'll jump on board. In. Follow us. Yep. Love it. See you in two weeks, team. See ya. Bye. Bye. 
So thank you for listening to another one of our shows. Nikki and I are so pleased that you're dropping by and having some fun and learning along the way. You can reach out to us at nikkimackie at peopleassets.com.au at hellosarahgodfrey at gmail.com at our websites nikkimackie.com.au peopleassets.com.au sarahgodfrey.com.au um, at our Insta, Sarah Godfrey AU and Nikki Mackey 91 and on our LinkedIn sites, Sarah Godfrey and Nikki Mackey. Hope you enjoyed it all. Catch you next time. So that wraps up another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us and read the blogs, The Extra Sip. You can uh, share, follow and sponsor us just by contacting us. Find us on Instagram at The Business Hangover, at Sarah Godfrey AU and at Nikki Mackey 92 You can follow us on our LinkedIn at Sarah Godfrey and at Nikki Mackey and on our web business uh, pages, peopleassets.com.au, nikkimackie.com.au, sarahgodfrey.com.au and movingmindsets.com.au. Okay, until next time.